This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast could be sponsored by you. As we start the new year, we are looking for new partners to help bring North Dakota track and field content to the airwaves. Each month, we reach thousands through our podcasts and social media pages, and with more people turning to podcasts to get their news information, specifically their North Dakota track and field news information, this could be your opportunity to reach a new audience. If you are interested, send us an email at prairietfpodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on our social media platforms. We look forward to working with you and bringing more content like this to the podcast sphere. One of our goals for 2023 is to get more field athletes on the podcast. The year of the field athlete, that's what we'll call 2023. So why not start with one of the best long jumpers in North Dakota history? Brandon Lewis is a six-year senior at North Dakota State University, and he joined the podcast over the weekend. We had a lot of fun talking about what it's like to be a six-year senior, his goals for the rest of the year, and some of the best long jump pits he's ever jumped in. This was a really special episode for Cam and I because we were teammates with Brandon, and he's one of the last few guys on the team who we would have been teammates with. Uh, We graduated in 2019, so we are quite removed, but Brandon still makes that connection for us, and we really appreciated the chance to get to sit down with him. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate the listens, and we can't wait to bring you more content like this in 2023. But enough about us. Here's our episode with Brandon Lewis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ederson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today we've got someone here to represent all you field event athletes out there. He has jumped very, very far in the long jump and the triple jump. Get this, his outdoor PR, 25 feet, 6 inches or 7.77 meters for all of you metric geeks out there. He's the NDSU indoor school record holder in the long jump and he's a five-time Summit League champion. Brandon Lewis, welcome to the show, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, dude. So I've got to ask first. I am drinking an AHA sparkling water right now. Is that cool? Because I know you got the bubbler NIL. Um, yeah, that, I mean, okay with that. I have a bubbler with me right now, but All right. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I'll let it slide this one time. Okay, <laughs> Cam, what do you got, man? Uh, I'm drinking uh, water out of the Bison Team Cup cup. Oh, so nice. Okay. okay. Yeah. So. You know, I'm actually so mixed, so mixed up. So Brandon, when we were trying to schedule this and you said you could do it on Saturday, I kept thinking you guys had a meet. I thought this weekend was Bison Cup weekend. And I was like, how is he going to swing that? Like, does he think we're getting up at like 7 a.m. to do this thing before he competes? He's going to hop uh, on in between. Jokes, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. In between. Just like <laughs> place the cameras. Like, right, well, give me a sec, guys. I got something to do. <laughs> Kind of like the mic'd up almost, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. But just hear me grunt off the board. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this week back, because right now you guys haven't started classes for the semester. I'm assuming you guys, most of you probably got back on probably the first or the second. Uh, how has this week been? For me, it was always one of the best weeks of the year because you feel like a pro athlete a little bit, but no class, just training. What's it been like the last few days? Yeah, um, it's been honestly pretty chill. Uh, we got back. We ac- I actually drove back to Fargo um, on the 1st. Uh, I was in Bismarck back home. Um, girlfriend came with me, so 
she now transferred to NDSU too now. So we're living together and everything. So, um, but the first week of practice has actually been just really, really, I wouldn't say easy by any means, but um, there's been more rest in between things. So it's been a lot of like go with the flow. Um, this was my fir- first week of like full practicing in like a month or so, month and a half. Um, cause I had a little foot thing going on. Uh, so it was really, really nice for me getting back into the swing of things and actually having a routine with it. Um, and I don't know, it was just really, really fun to actually be a part of the team and not have to like go do rehab. And that's the only thing you do kind of things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, when you were back in biz, did you have a pretty good place to train over break or what did your training look like the last few weeks back home? Um, back home, it was just over break was just lift. I'd wanted, like, obviously I said that I had the foot thing going on. Um, I took the whole break. I was like, I have my strength. It doesn't hurt during lift. So I'm just going to get after in the weight room and then rest it. Otherwise did a few bike workouts. So, um, didn't really have to schedule all like the, I'd have to find a 60 meter patch of grass or something that I could run on. Didn't have to figure any of that out. Um, just lifting and biking. So it was actually pretty easy to, um, schedule it back home with my high school um, lift coach and track coach. So just shot him a text and said, Hey, when's the weight room open? He's like eight 30 to nine. There is it good to go. Let's do this. Awesome. Hey, so Brandon, one thing I've always wondered about <clears throat> uh, like the field events and, and the jumps. Uh, so to just, as I set it up as kind of a comparison, right. For a distance runner, if you spend, you know, honestly, for some people, any more than like three days, like not running. And if you go like a whole week without like uh, some sort of like interval workout, you feel like you you see like a, a dip in your performance uh, for you as as like a technical event specialist. Um, what's that like going from, you know, like how much can you keep performance up without having to rehearse the the actual like jumping Uh what like give me like percentages of like the the weightlifting is this much importance versus the aerobic you know or like the, just the general fitness versus like the technique um honestly i think the majority of it's going to be the weightlifting uh like i said i was off for a little bit um because of my foot and um for me obviously being a sixth year senior i was like you know what technical stuff jumping in general i already know like all that that's ingrained in my muscle, like all my muscle, um, memory and everything. All I need to do is make sure I stay strong. So for me in particular, this last month, month and a half, it was weightlifting was probably like 75% of importance for me. Now, um, I did a few, like there was like eccentric exercises that I was doing and that was probably the majority of the rest. Cause I didn't do much cardio. Um, now, I mean, I run 150 feet, like maybe nine to 11 times a day. So like, I don't necessarily need that, um, conditioning, you know, granted, um, I do need to keep my, um, Oh, what's it called? Oh, what's it called? Um, muscular endurance. There we go. Muscular endurance up. (laughs) Um, but my cardiovascular endurance doesn't really need to stay. Like I don't need to be prepared to run a 200 every single time I'm running down the runway. So, um, as long as I can keep those muscles strong and able to put up with me, <laughs> uh, then like, we're just good to go. So I, like I said, I'd say like that 75% is just that, that lifting. 
So when you, when you encounter like a little injury like that, <clears throat> that takes you off the runway for, you know, a couple weeks or, or a month, as long as you're able to get that lifting in it, you're not, you're not getting nervous that you're going to be losing a step. Like you're, you're still pretty confident that you're, you're in the right place and you're going to be able to do uh, what needs to be done. Yeah. And I think the most important, important part about the, the weightlifting is making sure you're doing things right. Um, for me, uh, I was able to do everything technique wise, the same I was able to do it before my foot was acting up. So in the weight room, it wasn't like I was um, compensating or anything. So I think that's probably the biggest thing, you know, if I was compensating, then maybe we have other issues, but um, I wasn't. So I'm not worried at all. Um, I mean, there's certain parts of it where I could be worried with like, well, I haven't sprinted in a while. I don't know how my body's going to handle that. Or I haven't jumped in a while. I don't know how my body's going to handle that. But I know that the baseline of it, if you have that muscular strength, everything's going to stay intact and let you do what you want to do with it. Mm -hmm. Are you a big mental reps guy? Because I always felt like when I was injured and I was on the sideline, being there watching a practice was really helpful, even if I wasn't the one jumping just watching other people jump and then kind of like taking time to myself just to think through the jump process or like think through the hurdling, what, whatever event it was that I was focusing on. Do you find yourself doing a lot of that when you've been on the sidelines too, or not so much? Yeah, I would think about it a little bit differently, not necessarily looking and viewing myself jumping, but think of it more of a, as a coaching perspective. So when I see um, like Hunter Merkley, like probably like my well, him and Wisdom, my closest horizontal guy teammates, but I'll watch them jump and me being one of the older guys, I have to help them sometimes. So um, I'll close my eyes and do that, um, like that imagination imaging um, stuff you were talking about. But I would look at them to see what they were doing and what I'd need to tell them what to do for the next one. Like if they didn't finish their takeoff, I can close my eyes, replay the whole thing, say, hey, you just need to finish the takeoff. And doing that when a coaching side of things helps me know that hey this is what i need to do too and um, it just kind of goes hand in hand now granted when i am healthy and i'm on the runway there is that um like your my my vision i can't remember what you called it like just like a mental but, rep almost <laughs> there like, we go <laughs> yes i think you you could call it just about anything right like it's yeah. all the same but yeah when, I, when i'm on the runway there are my, those mental reps with myself um but I would say off of it, it's more trying to make sure that my teammates are doing the right thing. And then obviously if, if you're coaching your teammates or your coach, like even with, with if Clayton says something to um, Hunter about what to fix, you know, I'll think about it for myself and I'll like look through it, like through Hunter's eyes almost, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So um, you kind of just learn through like that, but yeah. You think, you think, uh, like when I watch a professional, uh, like a diamond league meet or whatever, and they, they cut the long jump or the triple jump, there always seems to be so many different interesting like quirks or like very specific things that people do. It, it reminds me a lot of like shooting, uh, like when basketball players go to shoot a free throw, it's very just like, we got to do it exactly the same <clears throat> every single time. Um, what is that for you? Do, are there things that you do every single time? Uh, <laughs> do you choose not to do the same thing every single time? Cause then you get too worried about it. Like what's give us, take us into the mind of Brandon Lewis before, uh, before a jump. Yeah. Um, well, 
you're speaking to probably one of the most superstitious people on earth. Um, <laughs> so when it comes to jumping, um, now I'm going to get down to the dirty details about it here. Um, you know, how we have those, like our marks where like we start our approach and everything. Mm-hmm. So I do like a little skip into my approach. Okay. My skip is eight feet. <laughs> if it is more than eight feet, I am screwed. If it's less than eight feet, I am also screwed. So I have two marks to make sure that I'm where I need to be. Um, the marks have to be on the right side of the runway. <laughs> okay. Now we're, we're just getting into the, the normal stuff. Now. <laughs> yes. um, so marks on the right side of the runway. When I'm on the runway by myself, um, when I'm lining up with my mark, I have to line up my mark with my left foot first. And then my right foot lines up with it. <laughs> and then I do a little bounce, you know, just get like the body all ready to go, get all the last jitters out. Um, and my routine. So what I do is like, if I'm going to clap, I'm clapping right before or right after I do the little bounces. Um, now with my routine, my left foot will stay where it is. I will touch my right toe and move it back about two feet, two and a half feet. I will go one, two, three, and then one, two, three, and then bounce again. And then one, two, three, one, two, three. The last one where I go one, two, three back, and that right foot stays back there, that's when I start my skip. So um, it's really, really weird. Um, I kind of modeled it after Jeff Henderson. Uh, he won He won Rio, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so he goes, he goes one, two, three back and kind of does a rock step and then goes forward with his right foot. Um, but I don't go forward with it. I just kind of stop it at my left. So I don't know. That's some, that's a person I've looked up to my whole jumping career just because we're the same height and I'm kind of short for a jumper. So I had to find somebody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cam, you have like nothing like that. You're on the start line for a cross country race and you're doing all that, right? No, no, no <laughs> way. There's, I don't, I don't have the mental energy to, you know, worry about all that and then go run 8k of cross country. But <laughs> in, in high school, I tried. I tried something like I wanted to have like a routine that was the exact same every time. And so I chose to like, like, I was like, I'm going to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, like, like a thick PB and J like two hours before my race. And it had to be exactly two hours before my race, you know? And so the, the, the routine of it was supposed to calm me, you know, Oh, less to think about. I'm going to do it the exact same every time, but it ended up stressing me out more that if I didn't have it done this exact way, then I was going to have a bad race. And then there's this girl on the team who had like a peanut allergy. And so like, I couldn't bring the the PB and J with me. My mom had to bring it with and give it to me at the course. And uh, it was just a disaster. So I've tried to stay away from, <clears throat> from like the superstitious type stuff like that. And just like, it, it helps me like go with the flow, but um yeah, but but I see so many jumpers and throwers, right? They they do this routine, they do it exactly the same every time. So it's got to be like it. There's no way so many people are doing it, and it's actually hurting their performance. Like it's got to help them somehow. Uh, I I'm most intrigued by the when you see like the people who like high jumpers when they go like, and they're like thinking and like you can see mm-hmm. them like putting their body over, like pretending to put the body over the the bar before they before they go and do their approach. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting to, to hear how those like routines <clears throat> uh, come about, like yours modeled after, you know, uh, a world 
you know, one of the world's best uh, long jumpers, uh, but then you kind of make it your own. So yeah, that, that stuff, has it ever, has it ever come back to like bite you where it's like the rules of the track say uh, marks only on the left side of the runway. And then you're just like, you don't know what to do. Has that ever, has it ever not helped you? Um, I've never ran into a situation where, where marks cannot be on the right side, but with, uh, with my landing. So I, I didn't explain the landing part of it. When I land, I, I come out of it on my left side and I actually do a little like hop or kind of a skip on my left leg going off to the, out to the left of the pit. Um, I think this was, this was at Texas A&M regionals 2021 um, and down at college station. And I was on the pit where you had to exit to the right. So I would, like get up and i was just wait i was like what do i what do i do and then i had to go all the way back around um so that one really really messed with my head um but i mean i haven't i don't know i mean the the time when because i think we're back up to a minute this year in between jumps for long jump if i remember correctly because i know they 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 changed it from a minute to 30 seconds i think three years ago and i think they're back to a minute now um when it was 30 seconds and I have a clap going and I have like, I see 12 seconds on the clock and I'm like, oh, crap, I got to start my approach. Like, let's say on one of the steps that I um, do like the one, two, three back with my right. If I like lose my balance, I will start over. So if there's 12 seconds left and I have to start over, I just have, I'm screwed at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, there's like, I, w- I wouldn't even, that's not like a rule based thing, but I mean like the, having the clock there ticking, and then being like, okay, I need to get these in, get these in. And then it just kind of screws everything up. But um, those are the only two situations that I really have had an issue with like the ruling of it, but I wouldn't necessarily call them that big of a deal. It's just like, oh, well, I guess it just, it just happens. It's a rule I have to follow. So it's not like I can't really go with it. Right. And Brandon, you mentioned that you're one of the oldest guys on the team uh, and like, you've got to be, maybe the oldest, like I know there's a handful of you six years, but you're up there for sure. And Mm -hmm. I think all these little habits and routines that you've picked up along the way, I'm sure, you know, even just throughout college, they've changed a lot in six years. But I think back to you in high school and you being the sixth year now, just like reflect on that journey just a little bit. Did high school senior, Brandon, did you see yourself like exactly where you are i listed some of those accomplishments some of the ones i didn't mention you know you've qualified for region several times uh like how has this journey been and like you're coming it's crazy to think that we're almost at the end of the road like i feel like you should just keep on competing keep on competing you've been around so long but uh just tell us a little bit about that well um i'm gonna back it up even my junior high school yeah for um, sure. at that point i was going so after my junior year of track, um, I wanted to play football and, um, I played football the year prior, but I had, um, I had too many concussions. So I was like, okay, we're just gonna, we're gonna be a kicker. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you guys know the name, probably do big North Dakota sprinter name, Hunter Johnson from Bismarck high. Um, so he was one of my friends and he was the kicker for Bismarck high at the time. And he was training me to be a kicker for legacy. And he was like, you know what, if you have a good year, you could probably go D one. 
And I was like, nah, no, 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 nothing about that. No, I don't want to do track at college. And then um, you flash forward a couple months and I'm on an official visit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, this is real. Um, and flash forward another month and I'm signed. And then I'm like, okay, we could, we could do this. And coming out of high school, I had no, I wouldn't, I, would, I didn't really have any goals for college. I was just kind of like, going with it. I don't know how it's going to be. I know it's going to be different. So I'm going to keep an open mind, whether it's bad or good. And, um, every fall we have a one-on-one with, um, coach P and my goals were like, I want to jump 24 feet. And, um, my freshman year, I mean, that was, I was struggling indoor season. And then the indoor conference meet, I went 24, four and a half. And I'm like, all right. Um, now what? <laughs> so um, now the day after that, I don't, you, I don't know. That was a long time ago. You guys probably don't remember. I got injured in the 60. Um, but from there, it like having already hit basically my goal in college, my freshman year, my first conference meet, and having that three-month time of being injured with a hamstring injury to kind of reflect on it, I was really able to like put together – Hey, you know what? This is like real, like I could do this and I could get better. Um, that next fall, we, I sat down with coach P again with that fall meeting and we really reevaluated my career goals. And I was like, I want to hit 25 feet. I want to do it. And, um, it took a few years. I mean, there's been ups and downs with injuries and everything. I mean, I'm like, I almost snapped my heel in half at indoor conference last year. And, um, herniated disc in my back with sciatica down my left leg like these are the things that people don't really hear and they don't really they can't tell that I'm going through but it's I'm dealing with it and there's been little things here and there um, obviously those are kind of two big ones but even with those being there and being present I'm still creating these goals and still going after them and um, I can remember it like it was yesterday um, the first time I did hit 25 feet and I was at the uh, Kansas or KU University of Kansas. And, um, it was supposed to be like a bigger meet. It was a windy meet. Um, so unfortunately it was a 4.2 meters per second wind. I was not happy when I found that out. Um, but I had, I was in the finals. Um, Jamari Ward was actually jumping in that meet. Uh, he jumped for Missouri. He was somebody that I also like kind of looked at, um, a lot and was like, you know what, I want to jump with this guy. And, um, ended up jumping with him and I think it was his first or second jump. He went like 26 two. And I was like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's good. And I'm sitting in like fourth place at the time. And I'm like, I have to PR to just get to second place. I'm like, you know what, let's just do it. So my fifth jump um, overall, because like we we're in the finals at this point, massive jump. Um, the official raises the white flag. Clayton's clapping. She flips the flag over. It's red. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And they didn't have an eagle eye camera or anything. She just raised the white flag and then quickly flips it. So I was just like, okay. So that uh, kind of persuaded me to jump a little better on my last one. So six jump, I line up. I'm like, let's get this. And I jump and it's, 25 four and i was like i did it 
I immediately started crying. <laughs> um, it was one of those things where like, obviously, like I said, coming in my freshman year, I didn't see myself jumping like even 24 mid and then having to reevaluate those goals. And I'm like, I just hit, I just hit another one. This is amazing. And um, I just felt really, really proud of myself. And like, I don't want to sound like this big headed guy. I hate sounding like that. Now, if you're talking to freshman me, I would love to sound like that, but like <laughs> I've grown up, <laughs> I don't like to sound like that anymore. And um, with the wind on that one, like I said, it was 4.2, like that pissed me off. <laughs> so I was, I, I even put on my Snapchat story. I was like, mark my words, I will jump further at a conference and it will be legal. Sure enough, 25, six, 1.2 wind. And I was like, let's go. So it's like, after I hit that first 25, I even sat down with coach and I said, I want to hit 26 now. And he goes, well, we got to get consistent at 25. And it's just like, it's, it's weird to see the previous goals that I had set is where I'm like consistent at. And then they like, they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's just like, they're all like, like I've said the ups and downs of injury and whatnot. Um, it's truly a blessing, honestly. Um, especially having the good support from my teammates and my coaches and obviously my um, girlfriend and family. So it's just like, um, I don't know. It's, it's surreal to be able to have the opportunity to reevaluate those goals so many times. Mm -hmm. Isn't it funny how in track, especially, and maybe this is the same way for other people in different sports, but you have that breakthrough performance, whether it's, you know, 25 feet in the long jump, or it might be a time in the hurdles or whatever it is. And you hit that once. And then it's easy after that. I remember us multis. Now keep in mind, we don't throw a shot nearly as far as the actual shot putters. But once we'd always say, once you throw it over 40 feet, like you're never not going to throw it over 40 feet. And that was a case for a lot of guys. But yeah, it takes that consistency because you can do it once, but then you're already like, well, if I threw 41, I should throw 45, but you got to get consistent at 40 first and then start creeping your way up. So yeah. I've had a lot of experience that too. And I think you put it in really great perspective that it just takes time. Like it took couple, multiple years for you uh, yeah. to be able to reach that, but it feels good once you get it right. Mm -hmm. Feels real good. <laughs> Brandon, when, when you were in high school, did you, you follow track very much or uh, I mean, you, you're talking to us now and you're, you're rattling off names of competitors and, and professionals who you look up to, um, was that always the case when, and if not, when did you start to really like become a student of, of the sport? Um, like, I think the biggest one I said was Jeff Henderson with how I like modeled my routine after him. He, he's one I started watching in high school. So I was watching him, um, even before the Rio Olympics and kind of just looking at his, like watching him jump on YouTube over and over and over again. Um, and, but before, like, before any of that, no. Like, I watched the Olympics every four years, but, like, I didn't care about any of the Diamond League or American League or anything like that. Didn't really watch it. Um, but I think besides Jeff Henderson, it took me until I was here to actually become a student of the craft and want to dive deeper into, like, okay, well, I'm reaching at the board. Why? Why do I do that? How do I fix it? So, um, but, like, honestly... I love it now. I wish I would have 
uh, dove deeper into it sooner. Um, but I just didn't do that during high school at all. Besides obviously that one particular athlete. What was, what was one thing as you started like diving into it more that really like stuck out to you or one thing that really made, you know, uh, one part of your technique, like click. Um, I'm going to talk about getting your hips up at the takeoff. So, um, with like jumping and sprinting, uh, you want your hips to be neutral. Um, so that involves like engaging your lower abdominals and, um, just rotating your pelvis and through a lot of like beginner collegiate jumpers. And like, even like, I see a lot of it, at, like even regionals, like people jump with their hips completely out. So like their butts sticking out and they're jumping and it's the, they can't get their hips through on the takeoff. And, um, the one thing that like I quickly, uh, figured out with like watching videos. Now it took me a while to actually do it. Um, was that I need to get my hips through at takeoff. So not let them fall behind and just like pushing through my penultimate st stride and just getting on top of my takeoff was just like the first cue. So the, the one that I, the cue that I honestly still use is push. And that's just with my take or with my penultimate stride. I push off my right leg onto my left, my hips will come through. And I mean, granted, that's my cue. It may not work for the next guy. It may not work for the next guy. But um, I think that was like the most important thing that was just like, you know what? I need to do that. And then I just kind of figured it out through time. And um, yeah. So another like unique thing uh, with your career specifically is, you know, long jump you're very passionate about it you're very good at it too uh but you mentioned a little bit earlier with the 60 uh you tore, tore your hamstring pulled your hamstring well, kind of one in the same in a sense but uh you if you go and look at your teepers page now it's been a long time since you've sprinted uh and you were really good in high school at sprinting too you're a 100 meter state champion so just tell us a little bit over the years as you've dropped the sprints and you've really just focused on the jumps uh was it hard letting that go uh, do you miss getting out and getting in the blocks or not really? Um, well, after the 60, um, my freshman year, I mean, it was hard to get back in the blocks. Obviously, as you go through those hardships of any sport, there's going to be mental blocks and the like mental barriers that you have to get over. Um, and the four by one, my sophomore and junior year definitely helped that. Um, do I miss it? Yes. <laughs> if I said no at this point in time, I would probably get killed by stevie um and i say that because i'm not triple jumping anymore and i'm sprinting this year so um we figured that with triple jump um with like how my heel was last year during triple jump we don't want to end up having having that happen again so um i'll be long jumping and sprinting so i i miss it and i'm gonna love doing it again if that answers <laughs> your question <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. He's back. That's wild. Back in the blocks. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just tell us a little bit about goals for this season, you know? Um, and actually, let's pause. I, I want to go back. I know you went back a little bit earlier, so now this is my chance to move back a little bit. Deciding to come back for a sixth season, was it ever in question? Uh, I know some people really went back and forth. I know some people ultimately decided not to use it you're here what was the decision like to come back for that extra COVID year 
it was pretty easy. It was kind of like a, I have it. If I don't use it, I'm going to regret it down the long, in the long run. So I was just like, you know, it might as well. Um, with like school, especially like me being in leadership and physical education and sport, like that, that leads me into what I want to do. And we had it and I have like the prereq degree for it. So I was like, screw it. Might as well. Um, and like, it also helps, you know, with a little help financially from track towards school. I was like, might as well just get the majority of the master's done when some of it's paid for. So um, that was a lot of the um, convincing for me was just having that financial support. Um, but I don't know, the decision came pretty easy. I mean, even at indoor conference last year, I knew it because um, Dennis was like, um, going through seniors and whatnot. And I remember his um, comment, but Stevie called on me and I said, I'm coming back. I don't want to say mine this year. And Dennis was like, well, that deserves a clap. And everybody started <laughs> clapping. So um, that was a pretty memorable moment for me. And I was like, wow, that made me feel good. I guess there's no turning back now. <laughs> so, um, but no, this decision was pretty, pretty easy for me, especially, um, I don't know, loving, loving Fargo, falling in love with the city itself. And, um, I don't know, just having the teammates that I have, I mean, with the two horizontals that I mentioned earlier, Hunter and wisdom, uh, I just felt, I mean, again, like if I were to leave them, I kind of just kind of leave them in the dust. You know, I didn't really get to pass the torch last year. So I was like, you know, I might as well come back and be able to pass that myself. So, um, so they can have it and hopefully pass it on to the next guys. Yeah. And so like for you, who do you feel like would have given you that torch? Cause you're going to pass it on at some point. Um, so who do you feel like was the most influential, like for you as having his teammates and mentors? Um, I would honestly say no, no offense to you, Ryan. And That's Cam. a weird, weird different events, man. <laughs> we're different events. You don't want long jump advice from me, dude. <laughs> well, I wouldn't even say like the advice, but the, just being a teammate, factor of it now we were only on like i think both of you were only on the team with me for a year um but um i would honestly i'm just gonna throw three names out there um kelamon we all know mm -hmm. kelamon um horizontal jumper um really helped me break through in triple jump and was there to help me like spiritually and um just help me calm me down <laughs> i guess um We'll say on the long jump side of things, we got Ben Klimke. You know, he was, uh, I think, the number one long jump, um, long jumper at NDSU when I came in, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had the longest jump at that point. Um, and then I got to throw Tony out there too. Just from like, he's, we'll do like, yeah, Kelamon, triple jump, Ben, long jump. And then Tony, teammate <laughs> mm -hmm. there we go i got i covered all all the bases <laughs> but um yeah no i mean it's been quite a ride since they left i mean um tony was the most recent because i was a fourth year when he um moved on or after the team so like um i don't know it was a pretty easy transition because i mean i was already a fifth year my first year he was gone so um but I'm just, like I said, I, I 
hopefully I didn't let those guys down <laughs> accepting the torch they left for me and I'm passing it on. But um, no, I mean, those three guys especially were um, very, very good to me in all aspects. So that's awesome. Now you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but who would have hosted you on your recruiting visit on your official visit? Um, that was Carter Gorney. Okay. If you remember him. Um, he was a sprinter. He was, um, originally from Minot. He was the one that was button heads with Hunter Johnson all the time. Um, in high school, I remember those races. Oh gosh, they were fun to watch. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, he was my host. I think, I mean, Bailey now Johansson, um, is or was was on the visit as well i think she was i don't remember who she was hosting i think she was hosting michaela baker but um yeah carter gorney kind of forgot that like he was a thing he's been gone for a while dude that just shows how long you've been around dude yeah yeah (laughs) we had like a the team makers thing like we had to speak in front of the team makers and um Matt Larson kept saying like all these things. And I, I, I was joking around. I was just like, well, my 15 years on campus, this happened. <laughs> and, Cause I mean, it feels so long. Granted the time flew by, yeah. but again, like it, it, in the same way, it felt really long. If that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. I get, it gets, it gets kind of confusing. I think, especially with that like COVID year in there, like there, <clears throat> there were guys who were, you know, on the team before you were on the team, but maybe you were only on the team for three years. So they only overlapped with you for one year. And I I don't know. It's just, I I remember Ryan, you and I have talked about this. I think like until like middle of our sophomore year, I thought everybody on the team was like a fourth or fifth year senior. I was like, Oh, this person's been here for, for years. Like it wasn't until, yeah, like till I was an upperclassman that I realized that guys like Aaron Close and Brian Ferry were only like one year older than me. <laughs> That's probably a, a poor reflection on on my personal on my relational skills, you know. But yeah, it, it's weird, especially when there's like different event groups and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah you, you mm-hmm. just cross paths with so many different people for such different amounts of time. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to to like look back and and think about all the people that that had some sort of like impact in, in your career, you know, like Carter, even taking you on that, <clears throat> yeah, that official visit, you know, he's mm-hmm. part of the reason why you're where you are now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's cool stuff to think about. Dude, if you want real passing the torch, I hosted Carter on his visit. So if we really want to get old here, yeah, kind of <laughs> crazy. Um, But no, you think about it this way too. And this is a rough estimate. Some classes are bigger, some are smaller, and usually not everyone makes it all the way through for whatever reason. But let's just say every recruiting class has 15 kids, right? You come in with roughly 15 and some, like I said, give or take a few. Now, in a standard, if you, let's say you redshirt one season, you've got four classes below you, you got four classes above you, and you got your class. So all of a sudden, that's like about 100. I mean, 134 kids, right? Now you get this bonus COVID year. You're getting another group. And you think of how many people you've been teammates with. And that's just the men's side. That doesn't count the women's side. Yeah. And, you're, and you in your career, like for all of us, we would be, we'd say we're closer with the women in our event group, closer than we are with some of the different guys on the team. Like I'm closer to the, was closer to the girls' multis 
than I probably was, you know, the guy sprinters at the time or whatever. So it's just amazing when you, then you double that and you, you've been teammates with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like I, one thought I had this year is my, uh, there's freshmen that are on the team right now, like true freshmen. When I was a freshman in college, they were in middle school. Yeah. And that's a really weird perspective. But I thought of that. I was doing all the, like the math and whatnot. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) It gets when, yeah, it gets confusing too. Cause like uh, for me and Ryan, at least we, we kind of had like a fake sixth year, Ryan. We, the year after we graduated, we were still kind of hanging around, helping out coach and still training and stuff. So where, what year did you graduate high school, Brandon? 2017. 17. So then. We were teammates we with you for two years. Yeah, we were on the, we were on Was the team two? for two years. And then, but then like our, our like our one year after. So like kind of, it feels like we were on the team together for three years, you know, in some ways. Okay. Uh, Probably just years joining up together. I was talking to some teammates yesterday, even I was just like, um, we were talking about old workouts that we used to do. And I described one and then combined it with another that we did the year previous. And I was just like, you know what, at this point, the years just kind of mushed together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For real. All right. So you find yourself in this sixth year. Tell us about your goals. What do you want to accomplish? Um, Because as long as you've been around, you you know these next couple of months are going to go by really fast. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you've already got an indoor school record. You've left a legacy in that way. But just tell us what you want to accomplish by the time the season's over. Um, well, I'm going to start with uh, making my school record longer. Um, I broke Brent Palmer's by, I think it was three quarters of an inch. Uh, his lasted 26 years. 28 years one of those two um and i kind of want mine to last the same amount of time so uh, i need to go a little bit further so we're hoping for that uh, i want to go i actually i have a goal sheet in my room i mean but we can leave it i have most of it in my head so i think i had 26 feet indoor um all american indoor so that like obviously going to indoor nationals um what was weird is last year's mark with that 766 indoor typically gets in for that top 16 but because of the covid year i was 34 so i was just like yikes so um i want to i i want to get um in there for indoor nationals so that means i probably got to go like that 26 feet high 25s so um obviously we have the summer league title there too um so for indoor it's kind of just that and all that with obviously staying healthy so mm-hmm. I think my main goal is like everything else that can happen as long as I stay healthy. So yep. um, health is a huge factor, especially being old. <laughs> so um, there's that. I mean, going into the outdoor season, um, a number that's been in my head for probably three years now is eight meters. Um, so I want to go eight meters outdoor. Um, I've Like I said, I've been to regionals now three times. I get one more crack at it. Um, all three times have kind of been meh. So I want to get to that that finals and go to outdoor nationals as well. Um, and I mean, I, I jump with the guys that are going anyway. And um, looking at marks from the last previous indoor seasons, 
and like how we were tracking from freshmen. Like I've done this. I've <laughs> taken like six guys that I've jumped with and looked at like their past history with Tifers, and we've like had the same progression. Um, and I look at what they've jumped at the end, at the end of the year. For example, two guys. Um, I'll call one out: James Carter from Iowa. He's my age. He went seven ninety three at Outdoor Nationals, and we he went six or he went seven sixty eight, I believe, indoor. And I was two centimeters behind him. So it's just like seeing that tracking. I was just like, okay, so I'm capable of that. I can do that. So um, just getting to that next level. I mean, um, I haven't competed on that national stage yet, despite obviously first rounds. I don't consider that nationals, but um, that's probably the main one. <laughs> I want to get a banner so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. No, that's a great goal. That's a great goal. There's some all-time greats up on that wall. Just tell us a little bit then. Oh, Cam, looks like you got something. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, like, goals, man, are so important. And, like, doing that sort of, like, tracking, like, seeing other guys who are in, like, similar positions as you and seeing what they've accomplished. Uh, man, just having the belief that you have, like, it can be done. Man, That that's, like, so important. And so – uh yeah, uh, it'll be exciting to to watch you watch you this season, and you know, I mean, <clears throat> mental the mental part is you know half the battle uh, a lot yeah. of times, especially in such a technical event. Um, <clears throat> a lot of barriers to overcome up here, so you know, having the belief is is a huge like first step. That's a that's that's an eight foot skip to start you down the runway. So yeah. Now, this upcoming weekend will be the Bison Cup. Not today, like I thought it was, but this upcoming weekend, you'll get to start the season off at home. Just tell us, going into the first meet, are you competing? Is the foot good to go? I'm not competing. Okay. So, um, the foot's good to go. It's just that that month and a half of training that I was not jumping at, or um, I wasn't jumping for that month and a half. Coach just kind of wants to take it slow get me back into the swing of things. Um, like I said, this last week was the first week of me doing full training stuff and went really, really well. Um, I anticipated me being really sore today. I'm not. So I was just like, sweet. That's a win. I'm um, taking the small victories where I can. Um, but yeah, no, he just wants to go in next week, kind of get uh, kind of a baseline where I'm at. Um, and then like, involves like getting marks on the runway. Like I have, I don't have my marks yet this year even. So, um, we did a lot of conditioning stuff and strength stuff, um, before we did any of that, like finding your full approach and everything like that. So like next week is basically, um, I'm going to be following everybody else. So like they have like that pre-meet day, they have like our approach day and everything else. Um, so I'm going to treat it as if I have a meet, I'm just not going to have a meet. So, um, I'll open up at SDSU or that's the plan. So, um, I'm excited about that especially on enemy territory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And and they just have nice sand to jump into. Oh, they do. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay, let's let's do this. Best three pits you've ever jumped in. Yes. Oh gosh. And like, um, and not even the atmosphere, like not just literally just the pit. Just the sand. That well, okay. sand runway uh that. Hmm. Um I'm honestly going to put 
Oh gosh, no, that one was fun though too. We'll do this. Um, Washington. So University of Washington. Mm -hmm. um, they're indoor. They had a a raised runway in the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful was, stand. Was it was really bouncy. Now I didn't jump the best, but it was fun. Um, mm -hmm. And that was my freshman year last time we went there. So it's like, I mean, it's been a while. Um, but number two, I'll go SDSU. They're indoor. Mm -hmm. um, the atmosphere, honestly, I think is pretty good. I think we get a lot of fans over there at the jumping. Um, yeah. At the pits. So um, I, th I I like that we're next to a wall and we can get a clap going. Every They're like two feet from the runway. So if they're mm -hmm. clapping, oh, you hear it. So mm -hmm. um, it gets you going. Um, I will honestly going to put number one as IMG. Ooh. So um, their sand, they took it straight off the beach. So uh, it was obviously sifted and everything too, but they left some little shells. <laughs> so it had little <laughs> seashells in the sand. Um, the softest sand you could ever imagine, but just a shell here and there. So that was actually super fun. Now, granted, that meet was in the rain. I was jumping in the rain in that one, but um it was honestly super fun um i really hope i can include our out new outdoor track on the list at the end of this year i'm so, so glad you said that i was gonna um, but yeah <laughs> dude the bonus of sticking around for another year you finally get to see the outdoor track that yeah. was that was supposedly <laughs> going to be done when we were in there so it's uh good that it's someone's going to get a chance to use it yeah <clears throat> Brandon Long Beach, Long Beach State didn't make the list. Oh crap. <laughs> I forgot about Long Beach. You, um, you at, atmosphere is good. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't know. I feel I don't feel as fast on their track. Um I mean that was four years ago when I jumped there last. So because I didn't go last year or the year prior, because I don't think we went. Cause that are you are you running like straight at that massive looking pyramid? Is that basically the way? yeah yeah yeah. So um, obviously they have pits on the other side too, but with the way the oh. wind was going, it was blowing out of the south. The meat that I had there, so we were running north. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. The sand was nice. I'll say that the atmosphere was really nice because you had they had those big stands on the side there too, and people could mm -hmm. actually line the fences as well. Mm -hmm. um, I know that uh, Christian Taylor and. Um, Will Clay, Omar right? Craddock, Omar Craddock was at the meet that oh. I was there. Um, they were dueling it out. Um, Christian Taylor was going from a short approach, so Omar Craddock popped off. But we were actually able to sit alongside the runway, and everything was just like right in front of us. And it was like atmosphere, probably top tier for um, that meet. But yeah, that's wild. You know what yeah. else is wild? You didn't even mention USD, where you got your lifetime PB. That's oh not, yeah, that's not a favorite pit. <laughs> um, atmosphere, not really. Um, the sand was nice. I loved the board. The board was really nice because I mean you have the the track surface. The board stuck up about a quarter of an inch off of the track surface, so it was mm -hmm. actually almost you were jumping off of a box. Um, now I don't really know if that would even help, but mentally, it was like, hey, I'm getting more extra pop off the board. You know, uh -huh. better make use of it. Um. But the, the atmosphere was just weird because it was almost like you're running down this tight space and then you have like this wall three feet over here and then there's people. So like in, even in the stands, you couldn't see the first like runway at all. Yeah. So um, you could see like the person's head just bobbing 
going toward the board, but um, it was just really weird. Now, granted, I mean, I have my personal best there. So, I mean, I kind of have to acknowledge that, but um, I, I wouldn't even include it on the list. No, man. <laughs> Ryan, you're, you're a big fan of the USD outdoor facility there. No, I don't, I wouldn't say so. I'm just uh, kind of surprised. I feel like wherever I get my lifetime best, I'm always like, that was the best place ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I will say, I jumped at that IMG one too. I forgot how nice that was. Um, I do remember the rain. Uh, and SDSU, they've got a good pit too. But yeah, no one that we should bring up as like the last on the list, no matter what. Western Illinois outdoor. <laughs> Oh Their yeah, pits, that... it was jumping in mud. <laughs> wow, and it's just like it's outside the track. Yeah, and it's like you're like under pine trees. It's mm-hmm. just like I were you were. Correct me if I'm wrong. It almost felt like you were running uphill. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It was it was a weird. Just Didn't Kelamon Kelamon like went off there though. Mm-hmm. He jumped fifty feet. That was his first meet over fifty. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it just goes to show, like, sometimes, you know, we get hung up on what a facility looks like, but if you're feeling it, like, sometimes it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Dude, me- mental barriers, I'm telling yeah. you, you know, you just got to not care where you're jumping. You just got to go do it. It was just yeah. like, like, I have those same yellow tights we wore that day. And they're still stained. I got a little <laughs> bit of stain on that left cheek because, I, like I said at the beginning, I land on my left side. So it's just like, there's still some dirt on it. And I'm just like, man. Western Illinois, I tell you what. <laughs> well, after Bubbler, I guess your next NIL has got to be like Shout or something. Probably. Some sort of detergent. Yeah. But... Yeah. Bounce. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, there we go. You're on to something. Dude, right up email. one of the last things we always ask our guests is if you could just give some advice. We talked a little bit about high school you versus you now and your journey. But uh, if you were going to give advice to uh, somebody that's either in high school or maybe like early college years, just kind of getting that experience on the the little bit bigger jump to college track and field. Just what advice would you give those people? Um, I'm going to take the first one. I'm, I'm going to have two pieces here. Ooh, the first piece it. of advice. Um, don't slack in school. Um, that really got after me. Um, my freshman year uh, is very, very hard to, to school now granted it's a transition from high school academics to college academics but that was one that i really really had to figure out fast and by sophomore year had it figured out and um the rest is history with that but um athletically i would say like i said like i regret not being a student of the craft earlier become a student of that craft as early as you can so um now i watched one person's videos and obviously i um based my routine off of his don't just stick to one person watch many different people and figure out different things that they do that maybe you should try like um if you're like six foot six find a taller jumper look at them look at how they position their body at takeoff look at how they're positioning their body when they're landing now granted landing with a big profile like that, I imagine it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. Um, looking at like how they are able to do that and just pinpointing different little tiny details. The minute details are honestly the ones that make the greater difference. 
And I just think looking at those and just studying, like, how do I become faster on the runway? How do I get my hips up on takeoff? Um, should my penultimate be quick, quick, or the same speed as everything else? If I'm landing, should my arms stay out in front or should I sweep through? Like just stuff like that. Like just the little teeny tiny things that can make a big difference. Man, really, really good advice. Uh, I love that, especially I love the student to the game part too. It seems like so many high school kids, if you went up and asked them like, who's your favorite 200 meter runner? Like you maybe would get Usain Bolt and then you're like, no, no, like current runner. Nah, I don't know. I don't know any current 200 runners. <laughs> what? But no, nah, man, it just speaks to the passion that you have for this sport. So I love, love hearing that. Well, Brandon, we really appreciate you taking some time to join us today. Uh, we're super pumped to hear about all your goals and everything you got planned for this upcoming season. And we wish you nothing but the best, man. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure being here. Nice talking to y'all. Yeah, it's good. Good to have some field event representation on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Jumpers unite. Yeah. <laughs>